Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Welcome to the IGN UK podcast. It's me, Simon Cardi, with Joe Scrabbles. Hello, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Uh, tired. Yes, We, we me were naughty too. last night. Oh, well, that sounds a bit uh, different. We're just out late. We could have had sex. <laughs> <laughs> it's always an option. Yeah. Yeah. It's on the table. We didn't, though. We we're too tired. I'm going to we take both, it off the table, yeah, but we were it's both, on the table right now. We were both, we're, I think we were both too tired for that. What, sex? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, know, you wouldn't be getting the best of me. No, no. And me, you. Yeah. Um, Matt. Hi. Are you tired? No, not at all. Have okay. a good bedtime. So everything's on the table for you. Yeah, You're all sex, of it. Sex ready. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Let's get going, baby. <laughs> uh, we're just going to take a 10 minute break. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's some news. There's lots of news. This is a bumper episode. Let's kick things off. Yeah. HBO. They're bloody doing The Last of Us. What is this? News games and more. The new live <laughs> show every day. I'm at- bringing tired energy. I was about to say every day at noon midnight. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a great character name. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Noon Midnight. I'm Noon Midnight. Um, and I'm going to be a bit unorthodox and kick the show off. It's not a show, it's a podcast. It's a podcast. With a piece of feedback. Oh. From Mike Tapia. Tapia. Tapia, is it Tapia? It's Tapia, we've had this before. Sorry, Mike. I know. I now know. He's a good lad. Says, hey team. Hello. Hi. On hearing the highly pleasing news that The Last of Us will be getting a TV adaptation, my mind immediately went down the route of potential casting choices. I think a lot of people did this. I'm sure we're all in agreement that Caitlin Deaver from Booksmart slash Unbelievable, etc. will make a perfect Ellie. The one who isn't Jonah Hill's sister. All but... Yes. Yeah, not, not Beanie Fied Steel. Or be yeah, a I slightly know, aged up version. I do agree she'd be very good at it. She'd, she is like early 20s, but I'm sure she could... Maybe if they aged up Ellie No one ever plays an actual... No it's, teenager actually ever plays a teenager in They do it in like... It also, she played a teenager in and stuff. Booksmart. She did. Yeah. She did. But she's a few years older now. Yes. Um, but no, I do think... I've watched Unbelievable and... I could see, yeah, from that performance more an Ellie in that, I mm-hmm. think. Uh, a vulnerability. I think that is a good but a choice. Uh, and Mike also thinks that Josh Brolin would be a banging Joel. I did mention that yesterday. That's a, that I'm, works for me. It works for me. I don't know if he's slightly too old. But he's got... The good thing about Brolin, he's yeah. got obviously grizzles yes. and chops. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, he has got a sense of humour. And yeah. I think that's what comes through with Joel towards the end of that game. Is like, he's a nice, funny man mm. under his... You know, horrified exterior. Mm. But Mike wants to know if we've got any of our own. And he says, I've, he's already picked him if he's Shalomay for Waluigi, so you can't have him. Fucking <laughs> hell. He would be a good Waluigi. I can't believe there's an actor who looks anything like Waluigi. Um, mm. People on the internet are saying uh, Nicholas Costa Waldau, Jamie Lannister. I can see that. I don't know what he's like. So, southern that's San Antonio accent. He, yeah, can, like. he can't do English, no. and that's a closer one. I've got a couple. I hate the Lannisters. I've got accents. a couple. Obviously, Sean Williamson, Barry from EastEnders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, number one. Number one. Forelli. Yeah. 
Number one on the call sheet. Yeah. Uh, Charlie Hunnam. <laughs> Charlie <laughs> Hunnam. Fucking hell. No, no. Imagine the accent on that. No, uh, some How gen- be partner? <laughs> so, some genuine ones. Though. I've got a couple. Um, okay. I think it's more... It's more of an obvious one that a lot of people probably said, but John Krasinski, because in A Quiet Place, he looks a bit like Joel. I mean, he dresses exactly yeah. like Joel. I don't know if he could... I don't, I don't know if he could be hot. I would never see him as someone who's that grizzled. Well, I think he plays sadder yeah. rather than angrier. Angry. My other choice, mm-hmm. John Hamm. Ooh. Yeah. I like it. I've never really seen John Hamm grizzled. What does he look like when I he's mean, he beaten can, up? He gets a bit... Have you watched Mad Men? Yeah, of course. Okay. When I interviewed him, when I interviewed him, I had a he had a beard and it made me Mm. fall over. (laughs) He can get angry. He can do like angry eyes very well, or like yeah, just yeah, stern. He's played. mm, He's never played exactly that. He's played horrible. In Baby Baby Driver, Driver. he's sleazy. Yeah. Um. I I don't know. I would give him a go. I also got to remind people that this is TV. Although HBO is obviously a big deal these Mm. days, a lot of people are saying like. Denzel Washington, Brad Pitt. It's like, I don't think they're going to no. do TV. No. A TV video game adaptation. No. Honest, honestly, like, I'm slightly surprised by how happy everyone is at this news. Yeah. I think it's fine. I think it's I'm fine. I'm very I nervous pre- about it. I I think a lot of people are relieved because I think it would work so much better as a series than as a film. Oh, 100%. So, but if, I just, and I think because it's the guy who did Chernobyl... You feel like he'll do it properly. Yeah, but remember all the other shit he did before Chernobyl. Yeah. Uh, like, we've very quickly assumed that he's <laughs> wicked. <laughs> like, yeah. what? Wait, I'm what's, it, what's his past? Jared Harris. Get, Get Jared Harris as Joel. Uh, mate, Jared Harris as um, oh. Nolan North's character. Oh, um, what's the horrible... David? David, yeah. yeah. I would love Jared Harris as David. Yeah. Because be he'd be so nice. When you met him, you'd be like, I fucking love yeah. this guy. Mm-hmm. And then he's horrible. Um, Some people call him a legend, <laughs> accidentally. <laughs> yeah. Good, let's play that. Uh, have you got any... Yeah, so I really... I think the Caitlin Dever is mm. absolutely smack on. And I do think... Like, have you seen this tweet, Cardi, of the of Nikolai Costa-Waldo next to her? Like, have, yeah. that is it practically works. cover art, yeah. like, the way they've done I'm it. I'm just not 100% convinced as an actor for him. Sure, yeah, like, he's, he's, he's sort got, of like, got the look. He's got the perfect yeah. look. Mm-hmm. Craig Mazin. Sorry. Scary Movie 3 and 4. Classics. Thank you. <laughs> uh, the Hangover Part 2 and 3. Uh, Classics. Uh, Identity Thief. Don't know what that is. Uh, it was that. Um, I think it was Jason Bateman. Oh. Oh, Melissa um, McCarthy. Yeah. 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 Uh, which was also shite. Uh, <laughs> like, he's doing the Borderlands movie as well. He's, he's Rotho. Uh, yeah, with yeah Eli. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to put too much stock in that's it. That's it. I'm just like... Everyone's. I'm very. I'm excited. I'm happy. It's yeah. a good idea. I just don't know why everyone's suddenly gone. It's oh, gonna be great. No, we like, don't know that. Part uh, of my slight worry is is because obviously I'm a slightly more critical view of The Witcher mm. and sort of like having. And I know it's HBO, so they've got more money. But when I saw some of the monsters in The Witcher that are a bit rubbery, Buffy era, like I don't want a mm. clicker to look like it's a Buffy era. Yeah, really. that's true. That they do that well. Also, please, for the love of God, don't cast Millie Bobby Brown as Ellie. Oh, no, fuck they off. Won't. I don't think they will, because I, I, I think they have smarter brains than that. Um, is there any... Like, I know it's also another cliche answer. Do you think Troy Baker should play him? Mm, no. Like, his voice is perfect, obviously. Mm. 
as almost as if he played him. <laughs> he's too beautiful. He's too beautiful. He's a very good-looking guy, What are you going to do? Is he going to get rid of his undercut? I don't think so. <laughs> that hair's part of him. Um, I j- like, Nolan North would be a better Joel. <laughs> like, that would be funny if, they, if he took that role. <laughs> yeah. Retro I replay on that. Barry from EastEnders. Barry from EastEnders. <laughs> yeah. At a push, Danny Dyer. Ooh. Oh, I'd love Danny Dyer to play Joel. That. Would you relocate it to Britain? Have it like a no? I'd ha- I'd want Danny Dyer trying to do the accent and be very <laughs> serious about it. That would be incredible. That'd be great. Mm, do you know what's looking incredible though? Man? What that? What that? Mm. What that? Final Fantasy VII. I noticed you've played some more of that. I Everyone have. can play the demo right now. Yeah. If you're on a PlayStation Four. Play is it roughly forty five minutes? The yeah, first chapter. I think you could probably stretch it out to an hour if Ooh, you were if you're fancy. being ponderous. Uh, I'm yet to play. I think I'm at the point there. I'm just going to wait for it. Okay, uh, and just give it a full go. You've played about three hours though. Yeah, about that now. Ooh. Yeah, it's good. Really enjoyed it. Um, so yeah, if you uh, if you haven't already read my preview, I'll give you the I highlight trail. <laughs> go on. So um, what's what we got to play um, a couple of weeks ago now was. Basically, the remixed versions of things that everybody already knows is going to be in the game. So we did the first reactor bombing mission, did the second reactor bombing mission, and then we did um, the fight that's under Don Corneo's mansions when you go in the sewers and you fight apps. So we did all of that. There was a little bit of a bridging section where when the first reactor blows up, I got to explore a bit of Midgar on the way out of there. But aside from that, that's all I've seen. So... In some ways, it's been quite a good experience to be reassured that all the things that you know from the game are in the remake mm-hmm. and they feel really good. What I haven't seen is anything that makes this game a huge standalone Final Fantasy game. Like, yeah. Because, yes, the bits that I've played are, they take a lot longer than what, like, me and Joe played through the Midgar section recently. And what did it take us, like, five and a half hours? If that, yeah. And so, obviously, I've done three hours and not seen half of what we've mm. played through so i am seeing how like the reactors now take you like 30 to 40 minutes to do rather than what like 20 minutes mm. maybe um and that's largely because the boss fights are incredibly complex mm-hmm. now um and there's you know sort of like the geography of those reactors is is bigger um but yeah it's now i'm starting to wonder like why are they not showing like the side quest elements of Midgar, why are they not showing us more of that? Is mm. there any indication of how open the city is, like, you no. can explore? No, not at all. Like, mm. we know that there are side quests, we know that there are other characters to talk to, there are new elements to this game. And uh, Katase, the producer, was talking to Famitsu in the latest issue and said that we're, we're dedicated to making the side content the same quality as the main content. I wish they'd showed me a bit of that so I could talk about not just the things I know about. Mm. But the good thing is, is the stuff that I have played is genuinely fantastic. Like that combat system is still amazing. And when you get to play it in like the later areas in the demo, you start to realize how that actually works with a full party. Mm. Like your characters have so many more abilities compared to what they had in the original. Like obviously normal attacks, which you would use essentially a turn on in the original game mm. is now just something that you can basically spam mm. like it's on square so now like the amount of extra physical abilities you've got like tifas are really interesting because they are designed god you won't know this but like when tifa does a limit break which is like a powerful attack in the original game you have like these spinning sort of like slot machine 
like UI that comes up, and basically you're I've trying seen it to, in the Dreams remake. Yeah, you're, you're <laughs> <laughs> and obviously you're trying to almost to chain those attacks together with like the best value that's in the, mm-hmm. which is yeah. Um, that sounds ridiculous when I just say it out loud. Um, and so you don't have that for her, but what all of her attacks sort of link together. So, for example, like her first attack on the, the list is something called Unbridled Strength, which basically is just a major buff for all of her abilities. Mm. So then you'd do that, and then you'd select the next one, which is maybe like an uppercut, and that'll punch people into the sky. And then sort of like, as long as you've charged your ATB gauge up again, you can then do like Star Strike, I think it's called, which again will chain back into so what you've done. you almost got to do combos, but it's more combos in menus. You've got to remember which... Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's working out which attacks work nicely together yeah. and sort of like... Obviously, you can charge up two of the ATB gauges, which is what you spend to do better attacks. Mm. So learning which two go together quite nicely. And then, obviously, you've got another two party members with you. So it's learning how all of those come together. It's quite interesting when you've got a full party that it feels a lot more like original Final Fantasy VII combat than I thought it would. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, like, you are obviously... Like, you're not rooted to the spot like you were in those games, but... It's not a game where you're... So in Final Fantasy XV, obviously, if you were playing as Noctis, like you don't have to worry about what anybody else in the party mm. is doing. They're still doing their own thing. That's not how Sevens works. Like, yes, they'll be doing their standard attacks, but they're not, doing, they're not casting magic. They're not selecting their special abilities or anything like that. You have to command them. So mm. it is like waiting for those turns to come around in Final Fantasy VII, but there's just a lot more flashier stuff going on in between. Right. Hmm. So, like, I'm genuinely impressed with how that combat system's coming off. I just want to know now. I know that will be good. I want to know where it all fits into the larger picture. Yeah. I know all the things that I want that game to do, it's doing already. Mm-hmm. And but now it's just proven there's more to it. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I would genuinely be happy with just a sort of straight remake with that combat system, but I know that's not what the game is. And I'd rather they experimented and I'd rather they do the risks. Mm. I'm just hoping those risks pay off. And yeah. what I've seen suggests that they've done it. But I, I have to admit that I haven't seen those other bits behind the curtain. It would be quite amazing if they've managed to hide a lot of shite. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like if it came out and everyone's suddenly like, oh, bloody hell, this yeah. is rubbish. <laughs> like, that would be a feat of preview lockdown yeah. that I don't think we ever really see. So no. I, th- I think we'd know if it was something to be worried about mm-hmm. at this point. I think there's the potential that, like, those bits just might be a little bit shallow in comparison yeah. to the main experience, but... It's no different to most modern no. RPGs. Yeah. Like, it's not, you know, if the the base level is still an amazing thing, mm-hmm. then... I, yeah. And I think yeah. there's definitely a thing with, like, a lot of the previews do feel like they've been, like... I think, like, Square-like people like me going to preview it because that game I sort of know inside out a yeah. bit. And, like, I am... Very, like, all of my preview coverage... Because of the way that it's had to be built, because of what they've showed me, is a lot of comparing how mm. new to old and how they've revitalized old areas. Mm. It's a bit like that second reactor actually has like a mini game going on within it where... So the final boss, you can basically deny it attacks by... the Rather than... It's not just a maker reactor like generating electricity and destroying the planet, as the storyline sort of says. It's also a manufacturing plant for giant robots. So you can take components off the manufacturing line. So when you get to the end boss, it's got less ammunition in its guns or it can do less stun abilities on you. So that's quite cool. And that adds uh, like a a feeling of it's not necessarily big decisions. Like because it 
at the end of the day, like the boss is still going to be the same boss. It's just going to have less of something. That reminds me of I'm not I'm that well versed. Mm-hmm. That's kind of thing that Souls games has done, isn't it? That like you've kind of you could do before getting to a boss, do a certain thing that makes that boss easier when you get to. I it. mean, you can certainly like. So I'm playing through Dark Souls three at the moment, mm. and certainly one of the things that you can do is if you're part of one of the certain covenants and that you kill their like invading. I can't remember what the Dark Souls version of a hunter is, but they're invading sort of spectres. Mm. They will then be available as a summon before you go into the battle, so you can take them in with you. Mm -hmm. And so I guess that's a similar sort of thing. I can't think of a Souls game where I've played where I've done something that actively means the boss can't use this combo. But maybe, I mean, like, there's still so much of Souls that I don't know, Mm. so Mm. I'm not saying you're wrong, Simon. (laughs) No, I know there's that dragon you can shoot its tail off and you get a big sword. Yeah, yeah. The, I don't yeah. know whether he uses well. that tail. Mm, the, so that the, the for as far as I've so I've not finished the, all of Dark Souls one, but that dragon's certainly not a boss in what I've played. Right, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. just on a bridge, and if you want the Drake sword, you spend hours shooting his tail yeah mm. anyway, i'm gonna be a maverick and drop in some more feedback what the fuck have you done to the structure of this show i'm going off piece Ooh. uh this is from marie humphrey who says hi guys long time listener slash fan of the podcast nice. it's good that you're a listener and a fan you want to be a listener and not a fan i've, it, I've, that would I've be. met a few <laughs> well, you just listen out of furious. spite <laughs> absolutely furious with us they are good luck to you uh got a question from matt Having never played a Final Fantasy game before, should I get the Final Fantasy VII Remake, or will I have no idea what's going on? Also, as someone who generally likes story-driven games, Uncharted, Last of Us, God of War, is this game for me? The answer is yes and yes and yes. (laughs) So you don't have to worry about not having played a Final Fantasy game before, because, and this is genuinely a very good question, because the titles never really make this clear. Uh, The Final Fantasy games aren't linked aside from a few very, very specific instances. Mm. Um, Generally, each game is set in a new world with new characters. um, And it's not even like... I don't think there's such a thing as the Final Fantasy multiverse. I don't think it's... It's just they come up with new ideas for each one. Um, So Final Fantasy VII is a unique world. You don't need to have played any of the others. There are some linking elements across the series. So, for example, all of the games have chocobos in, which are the giant yellow birds. Uh, All of them have a character called Sid, although you won't get to meet Sid in the remake because he's not in this section of the story. That you know of. I mean, if they put him in, I'll be very surprised, but I'd be elated because he's my favourite character. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so, and it is, Final Fantasy is driven by story, I think. And when you say Mm. seven is arguably the most story driven of them all, I don't most beloved story. I think, like, again, it's one of those ones if you ask, like, nine is very, very beloved, and ten has a a big fan base. Seven, I think, seven's probably got the most. It definitely feels the paciest to me. Yeah, it's the one that's I think has the most iconic story because Sephiroth is well known as a great villain. Mm. Um, it's got some really mad bits to it that are very easy, like they're not easily forgot. And also, like because most of the Final Fantasy games take place in a slightly more high fantasy world compared to seven mm-hmm. and so this is very, very sort of cyberpunk, steampunk mesh sort of mashup. Um, but the storyline is about there's a corporation that's destroying the planet, so and you play as an eco-terrorist. So, like, it's got real tangential links to the world and how, like, politics... Mm. It's an anti-corporation story. Mm, yeah. So it's a great jumping-on point, like, because Final Fantasy can get 
absolutely absurd and quite difficult to follow at times. I think 7 is probably the best jumping on point. I haven't played much of Remake, but yeah. I would say it's probably, if if what you generally play is God of War, Uncharted mm-hmm. and that kind of thing, it's going to be slightly more thinky-thinky combat yeah. than those things. So because that, you're that not would just be, playing one character, right? Like, I don't think the story, I don't think the story is going to be a problem, no. but like... If that's not what you're used to, then it that mm-hmm. might be the impediment. Is there any indication of how easy you can make the you game? Can actually make I would it. likely at some point turn this game down because sure. I want to see the story. So there's there's three sort of difficulty levels, which is normal, easy, and what's called classic. Classic is this really weird design which is supposed to evoke the original game, but it doesn't really, but is actually very handy for if you find like genuinely at the uh, preview event there were journalists that were struggling with the first boss fucking journalists uh, i know right but <laughs> jesus christ you know, i found i found the first boss relatively fine to mm. do but i will admit like if you're used to playing single character games especially because it looks like an action game on mm. When you're looking at the mm. game, it looks like it's God of War to a degree, but with lots of spells. But it's not. It's a party-based game that you have to issue commands to every person in the party. Mm. If that genuinely is is struggling, if your experience is in a God of War or, or mm. Uncharted where you don't have to worry about that, Classic's quite good because it means that you don't have to think about the actual physical pressing of buttons to attack and defend and dodge. It just puts the focus on... When these characters build up their ATB gauges and they're ready to spend, now is the time for you to think, which means that there's it's a lot easier to swap between characters because you're not like frantically moving, like, I've got Cloud's done, now I move to Barrett, I've mm. got his done, I need to build Cloud's stuff back up, I need to swap to Tifa to build hers up. You can just focus on issuing the commands. Mm-hmm. So I genuinely think that, mate, and the difficulty of the enemies is easier on classic mode as well. Yeah. So I think, like, if... If it's genuinely a struggle, I think, and you're enjoying the story, there's definitely a way in for you. And then easy mode has the easier enemies, but you still get full control of the party. And then normal is Sweet. it's well, basic. Like we said, there's an hour-long demo yeah. for free on PlayStation. So, so true. Do try, try it out. For, try it for yourself. Let us know how it goes. We've been playing a game, Joe. Yes. I'm going to let you try and explain because I'm a coward. You? It's a new <laughs> Arena FPS. Quantum League. Quantum League. It's by an Argentinian studio called Nimble Giant. Uh, And it is a game... (laughs) (laughs) It's It's a game. I'm going to just describe the 1v1 mode because it's much easier. Just get your article up and read it. No. (laughs) It's 1v1, but you play three rounds, and in those three rounds you essentially create clones of your own character all of which are recorded versions of your actions when you first <laughs> controlled them. <laughs> I know oh, what this game so isn't even that as confusing. It's so hard to explain. <laughs> Round one, it's a 1v1 shooter. Yeah. You're trying to get to a, you're trying to end up in a control point at the end, hopefully having killed the other person. In round two, there is a ghost version. Well, no, it's not even a ghost. It's just a replay of what you did. Yeah, there's a living replay of yeah. what you've just done, but you're playing the same round again, and so is the other person. Yeah. Right? It's the second <laughs> loop of the same round. Yeah. It's a time paradox. <laughs> oh, my God. It's... I would say... So there is a, a full match of the game that I recorded on IGN. If it makes it any easier, it doesn't know, does just it? by what, 
watching read joe's article my article attempts to explain yeah. it very then simply watch the video and hopefully between those you can work out what's happening in this game. you shouldn't be saying homework for people listening to this <laughs> no podcast. but it's i just want to say that it's incredible it's fucking amazing yeah the, the point here is the like that those replays when you have so when you get to the third round you've got three versions of the three rounds you've done and they've got three versions of the three rounds yeah. they've done so you're essentially playing a 3v3 shooter but where two of your loops Mm. have prior knowledge of what exactly. happened the last so time. The cool thing is, say I'm playing against Joe, and I, in the first round, run out with a shotgun and kill Joe's character. Yeah. And then I run with that character onto the control point. If at the end of that th- of the third of those loops, I then score a point. Yeah. But in the second loop, if Joe kills the loop the- I sent out first before I killed Joe's first one... Then my first character dies and Joe's second one is still alive. Because when you die, you don't just stop moving. <laughs> you do a thing that's called desyncing and you still move around the map. And that's basically you're, creating, you're doing you're, what you will be doing if that character is saved. You're creating that character's <laughs> potential actions. Yeah. yeah. Creating numerous timelines. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's. God, it's good. Because <laughs> like, I guess essentially what you can create, you can create up to, what, six timelines? Because if you uh, are if killed. You, if you haven't. Uh, yeah, but it's up it was, to three because it's it's three timelines. If no one's at the point on the little circle in the middle of the map to score a point at the end of the third loop of a round, then it just ro- it goes round again for right. another. But it three doesn't loops. restart. It starts from the end no. of those first three loops. Yeah. <sighs> uh, <laughs> I know this sounds like the most complicated <laughs> game in the world. When you play it, it makes sense. It makes so much sense, yeah. and it's so immediately exciting. Yeah, like because it's a strategy game as much as it is a shooter because mm-hmm. the first round you could go well what I'm actually going to do is stay here and stop them from ever getting to the point mm. but your first round you could run straight to the point and then spend the next two rounds trying to protect that first character from ever dying so that you've essentially won two rounds ago yeah. it's just you're ensuring that happened god so mm-hmm. good <laughs> i so love it good. we just want uh, it's unfortunately it's right not now, one for an audio format but we just basically went so much we loved it unfortunately you can't play, you it, can't right play now. it right now no. it, we we found out about it essentially two days before the beta ended i found um, yeah i found out about five hours before yeah it. um but it is coming to early access in the next few months yeah we are assured and I highly recommend. Like, we'll talk about it again yeah. because fuck me, it's just it's such an exciting so it's for game. Quantum League, League. It's, it's a good little twist on Quantum Leap. I like what they've done. Yeah, but also Quantum Break. Mm. I don't know. That's the problem with it. Is it doesn't look original and no, its title it is not like very original. It has a very Fortnite Overwatch aesthetic, and I think that's turning a lot of people off. Mm. And it, it can mask the fact that what you're playing is so mm. very. But cool. it did feel good to play like the shooting. Oh, I think it's good. a really nice feeling shooter. I'm yeah. t- like, they're not a de- they're not a debut studio by any means, but like, I am surprised by how polished. I've played shooters by s- studios who don't have a million people working for them before, and they felt mm. much much worse than this. I think this feels really nice. Yeah. That's good weapons. That's Quantum League. Do you know what has fucking loads of good weapons? Go on, then. Blood Roots. Oh, yeah, you were playing Ooh. this the other day. I have been playing a ton of Blood Roots. I played it all the way home from San Francisco on my Nintendo Switch console. I love those consoles. Uh, it's good. I didn't play it all the way. That's a lie. I oh. tried to have a little nap. You're, you're a liar. 
Yeah, I've almost finished it. It's hard. (laughs) Basically, if you don't know what Blood Roots is, it is following the mold of a Hotline Miami, like ape out sort of recipe where pretty much every enemy in an area is one hit and you're also one hit. So you can't get touched. Right. Don't touch me. No. And it's just really fun. It's kind of got. It's a weird. It's kind of a. It's got like a revenant sort of story to it. It's got a Wild West setting. Uh, you play as Mr. Wolf. Hold on. The revenant as in Leonardo the li- DiCaprio. Yeah. And you play as, as a wolf. Mis- <laughs> no, you play as a man called Mr. Right. Wolf. Who has, has like a wolf hat. But I, you can kind of see where the plot's going early on. But it's not really about the story so much. It's a nice little story. Um, it's, got, it's got a good sense of humour as well. It kind of reminds me of a Borderlands sense of humour if it was better. I don't get how this links to the Revenant. <laughs> well, the story is like basically at the start you are left to die, and it's right. a vengeance mission. I see, set in the Wild West sort of setting, but it's much more colourful. It's mm-hmm. a cartoony art style, but basically it gets fucking hard because it's because one of those it games like Hotline Miami where you'll spend maybe like one level you'll clear through an area there's 20 enemies and you'll do it first time mm-hmm. and feel like a god and mm. everything just flows and you're getting weapons and picking them up and just one hitting everyone and then you'll spend half an hour on the most stupid little enemy that you can't get round the back of and you just want to smash your switch into the elderly lady next to you on the plane oh. who's trying to watch <laughs> Parasite while I'm also trying to play the game and half watch Parasite again I'm running <laughs> out of breath of course um, it's really really fun if you enjoy Hotline Miami, I don't know if you guys are into yeah. your Hotline Soup. Miami. Very, very much so. What's the music think, like? It's very good. Because music's in those games where it's exactly like restarting it over and over again. That's the that's the great thing about it. The music's very good. It never becomes annoying. It's got that kind of Wild West twanginess to it. Not quite as good as the Hunt Showdown music. That's good. Oh, it? it's really good. I've been mm. humming that like for three weeks now. <laughs> <laughs> It's more of a jollier version of that. It's yeah. more of a, a light-hearted take on that. And it's just really fun. And that's the good thing as well. Like On the Switch, anyway, like levels take quite a while to load. But once you're in them, like, death the, to getting back in is easy. That's, really good that's what you need on um, those. I should say, if you haven't mm. played Ape Out as well... Yes. Because I, you know I still haven't properly played like, I still don't full know. version. I don't know if Ape Out did very well. And that's a crying shame because it's also another musical yeah like mm-hmm. the, I, if you don't know what it is it's a game about being a big gorilla escaping various horrible circumstances <laughs> and killing everyone all the horrible humans yeah but every action <laughs> is set to improvised jazz drumming yeah that is procedurally generated by what you're doing it's amazing it's fucking incredible it made so, me want to watch whiplash <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's brilliant those games those sort of games are perfect we've it's had quite so a good, good set of them because we obviously had katana zero as well which yep. isn't quite the same similar, but it uses similar yeah. principles yeah, yeah. Oh, but yeah blood made roots. me think of mark of the ninja as well mm. fucking hell, blood roots is just one of those when you get and it gives you like the ranks on every mission as well and i've barely got any like a's oh i never get i'm happy to, to get d that's it just get Past. I just like completing a level in those things is the reward yeah. to me. Like perfection is yeah. not the point to me. And at it's all. a good. I'd say it's a good six to eight hours. So it's lengthy. It's yeah. not. And it's got. Yeah. It's just really fun. I would recommend Bloodroots. It's on everything. I think it's on PlayStation, oh, really? Xbox, PC, Switch. I'm intrigued. Good lot of stuff. Yeah. If I if it's not, I apologise. Who's made it? It. Yeah, I've forgotten the name. It is, and I do apologise to you for doing that. <laughs> a relentless action game by Paper Cult. There I don't we know go. Who Paper Cult. Ah, oh, Paper Cult. Montreal. Let's do some research. I'm looking. I've got you know when you've got a laptop on the table. Why not exactly. look? 
They're from Montreal. <laughs> That's all Good. I've got. Yeah, it's, I was, this is their debut game. I think it's only like £15 on Switch, and I think it's only like a tenner on PS4. Ooh, so that's pretty good. I'd get into that if you're looking for a challenge, and it's good to just dip in and out. Oh, he's not an actual wolf. He's no, a he's, man wolf that's why I a, said he's a man sorry, called Mr. That wolf. Bit. He's got a wolf's head yeah. on his head. I think that's why off, can... off the screenshots I'd seen, I thought it was like an animals game. Oh, uh, no. There, there is, is just lots a furry. of animals. Kind, <laughs> yeah, Mr. Wolf. Kind of. Well, it has furious the, furry. It has the thing, you are Mr. Wolf, but then... Um, is you complete levels and complete challenges? I think you unlock different heads, so you can Wait, have this, like this bare is heads. Hotline Miami, where you chicken heads. And it's similar. Yeah, it's definitely taken from Hotline right. Miami, but there's it's much less gun based and much more melee based. Sure. Mm. And there's much more crazy weapons like you can use fish and carrots and tires, and it's just the way you can use like and you can just roll on barrels and roll people over. It just feels. Really I've seen good. the barrel roll. Yeah, it's like the idea of killing someone with fish. Mm. But yeah, you have so those abilities. So you can swap your head dresses, I suppose. So you can have bears, and I can't. I've only got a couple so far. Like a coyote. Yeah, I'm sure there's a coyote. But um, a house. Can I have a little house, house on my head? <laughs> I've only unlocked like three. There's about ten, I think. Give so. me a house. But you, on your first run through every level, it doesn't affect your abilities, but. On levels you've completed to go back to high score, it adds abilities, like it makes your punches stronger or stuff Ooh, like that. So I like they that. have different little tweaks. That's a cool way to do that. Mm. Very smart. There we go. It's a very good game. I'm yet I'm near the end and got into this. Like a couple of I really enjoy all the normal levels, but a couple of the boss battles have been like this is a piss take. <laughs> but yeah. I'm getting through it and I'm enjoying it. Good. Mm. Do you know what else happened this week? I don't. Twenty years of the PlayStation two. I lied, Ooh, I didn't know that. imagine. It's crazy. Can you imagine? It's been a long time. Do you know I saw people only just finding out on the 20th anniversary that you could turn the PlayStation logo on the front? I know. Like, well, how do you know not that? know yeah. that? Fucking, uh, no, I'm not going to name him. That's rude. <laughs> <laughs> you know you are. There's a prominent developer who didn't know that. And I was like, mate, what's going on? Were they a PlayStation 2 developer? No. Okay. Yeah, they they obviously, before their time. Okay. Obviously didn't that's buy fine. the vertical stand, did they? I know. I never used the I've never. Stand. I've never put a console vertical I think all of mine have since the PS2 I had a tiny desk so that's how it had to be mine's uh, stacked up behind the TV so there's like it's almost like a book of library and in the PS2 days chonky old boys Mm -hmm. so you'd lost that real estate big chonkers yeah chonker boys Mm. yeah that's what the C and CRT stands for chonker (laughs) well we're just going to do a little brief bit on our favourite PlayStation 2 games wow I did all brief you Mm -hmm. yep three each yep Three particular favourites. I know it's hard to pick three. We don't have to list these in any it's order. It's not easy for me. Got, there's some honourable mentions, I'm sure, and we might even share some. I think my honourable mentions, or anyone else's honourable mentions, would be my games. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You're an edgy fuck. I'm not being an edgy fuck. It's just like, I looked at the list of PS2 games, and I'm like, yeah, obviously I enjoyed those at the time. But that's yeah. the, the thing about being young and not understanding the culture or you know, not mm. having the internet yeah. in the way we do now was that the games I played weren't the classic PS2 no, games. I get you. That's like, the same with me. But like, there's games like, it's not on my list for a reason, is Shadow of the Colossus. It is one of my favourite games of all time now, mm. but only when it came on PS4 did I fully appreciate yeah. how good it is. Yeah. Because I could never properly play on PS2 because mm. the controls. Yeah, and the yeah. other thing is, is like, obviously, I'd be at the age where basically it was my mum buying the games yeah, for me, yeah. so I'd have to wait months before I could get mm-hmm. one. 
and then I'd choose something that was normally related to an IP I knew, which quite often was like a film tie-in. Lord of the Rings games. Yeah, Lord, yeah I, I oh, played all big. the Lord of the Rings mm. games. Uh, I can remember having like like the Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance games, or there was a Demon Stone, which was a Dungeons and Dragons one, and that was shite. Oh. What was mm. the one? I think there was one I put. Is it Summoner? Summoner? Oh, Summoner, yeah, I remember. It got a hand on the front cover with wasn't lightning that, on. Wasn't that the um, iPod game that Square Enix made where you could turn your songs this guy. into... Yeah, yeah. Remember that big horny boy? Wasn't that... He has did, horns. Wasn't that the Square Enix <laughs> iPod game where you could Summoner. turn your songs into sprites? Oh, I don't know. Is that called Summoner? I don't know. It's called something like that. If if this was a PS1 list, I'd be talking about Monster Rancher. <laughs> well, let's talk about our favourite PS2 games. Okay. Matt, right. you can start. Yeah, okay. So I think one of them has to be Red Faction. Oh, oh. yes. Red so, Faction 1. Red Faction 1. So Red Fa- I couldn't, like I was probably about two years late to PS2. Mm. Um, mainly, I was a PC kid, right? So, so I was I, yeah. I was a bit late. And I can remember realising that PS2 was a big deal and asking my dad for Christmas if I could have one. And I had it with two games, Time Splitters and Red Faction. Didn't get on with Time Splitters because it got no story. Like, it's just... Yeah, the first one actually is... It's easy to forget. Yeah. That's not the Time Splitters everyone it's remembers. It's just an arcade shooter where each of the missions are just set in completely different time periods. And I, I get that that's sort of cool that, like, all of them would have right this level's got wild west guns but this one's got futuristic Mm. guns that is cool but i just i was used to playing point and clicks so i didn't get the idea of a game that didn't have a story it Mm. just didn't make Mm -hmm. sense to me whereas red faction is really really good on especially for the time like you're in you're on mars and you're part of a rebellion against the you know the uprising and stuff like that that's your dream scenario you (laughs) often dream of going to the red planet i quite frequently do yeah to smash it that's one of those games (laughs) that's one of those games where i was where I was young enough to get completely stuck on the campaign and literally never finish it. Oh, really? Like, I remember oh. this bit Which where bit? I was just like... <sighs> is, is it the bit where you fight... Is it Kpec? The... Fuck knows. I know, I know it was like going into a big tunnel system under Mars somewhere. Sure, yeah. And it was just like a big fight and I couldn't be. And I was like, fuck mm-hmm. this, I'm going to play a multiplayer forever. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that was it. My main things that I remember is I loved the campaign and it was something like, like I think like at least three other kids at school that got it. So we'd always be talking about what it was like. And it got mad destruction, which I don't think, like, at the time, maybe I quite understood how revolutionary it mm. was. Because, like, yeah, it was the first game I played with it. But, and so, like, because obviously it is a game where you can create giant tunnels. And if there's a door that you can't get through, you just blow the wall up next to it. It's sort of CG in yeah. that way. Well, the thing about, the thing that I think people forget about the first Red Faction, because they got rid of it mm-hmm. in the second, is you could not only destroy set scenery... You could destroy everything. Yeah, yeah. Like, to the point where... So, I think I've said this before. Me and my brother semi-regularly reminisce about how we made up our own game on Red Faction, which was you started on this one map where you were at the opposite ends, and then, but it was surrounded by rock. Mm-hmm. But that rock is tunnelable. Yeah. So all you did was immediately turn backwards <laughs> and shoot your way into the rock with unlimited rockets. And then we would have to make tunnel systems that would eventually meet and so you'd find yourself tunneling into the other person's cave system then it was like this game of cat and mouse in this weird <laughs> yeah. made up maze that we'd done it was fucking amazing yeah. and like no game has just gone shit I don't care just make whatever you like just yeah. destroy everything you could do like, that in Minecraft if you, you like. could but like it's that's, not, but it's not I know it's not really an shoot because yeah. like after I was done with the campaign like the lifespan I have with Red Faction is yeah. is 
only comparable to what I have with multiplayer shooters today because it would be the thing I'd go to a mate's house, we'd plug in that stupid four adapter multi tap. <laughs> what did that look like a right angle thing that you'd use for school, right? <laughs> for a track. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then we'd we'd play and it would always a be like two one. on two put some bots in there and it would always be like the the chase to get the fusion rocket launcher because that mm. would basically eliminate the mm. entire map so the first game or the second game that had a rail gun that could see through walls Ooh, was maybe a rail gun would have been in like a quake or something like that but I do remember like because that that um, scope that's on it that yeah. gives you that blue haze sort yeah. of oh, God, Ooh. what a good game bring back Red Faction is that what we're saying? 100% bring back yeah. Red Faction whether it's a gorilla gr- was great whether it's a well. gorilla one or a Red Faction 1 one mm-hmm. I don't it's mind a shame Crackdown 3 was what it was wasn't it? absolute yeah. shite mm. what have you got for me Joe? Dynasty Warriors yes, 3 <laughs> of course there we go um, why 3? because uh, it's the one I played the most it's the one with the best voice acting and by that I mean <laughs> the worst voice acting ever put to disc um it's the it. Di, di, I played a lot of Dynasty Warriors two, but Dynasty Warriors three is the one that turned me into the disgusting freak I am today. <laughs> that loves all Omega Force games apart from the licensed spinoffs. Um, like just was that your what was your first Dynasty Warriors? Two was my first, oh, okay. but three was my true love, which is why I have a Japanese copy of Dynasty Warriors three on my desk. <laughs> um, I just like. It's the most relaxing series of games ever made about war. <laughs> it's incredible. I just have I have such a lovely time just wading through endless peasants. <laughs> it's horrible, but it's brilliant. You're horrible. Uh, God, how oh, can we play some Dynasty Warriors music at the end? Well, you've yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I was gonna go. I was it. gonna go for the music from the, the game. I was gonna say. Okay, well, but we can go for yours. We can go for I yours. Can just play it in the background. No, no, we'll mm-hmm. put it at the end. It's fine. Intro. Okay. Well. Uh, <laughs> We'll play a bit of Dynasty Warriors oh. now, and then we'll have some music from my game. You can probably guess what it is. Listen to how good this is. Oh, wait. There it is. This isn't the bit I thought it was. <gasps> Just the worst hair metal ever. That is bad. Oh, so good. I love it. Dragon Force would be proud. So you got a lightsaber? No, he's just got a magic sword. Um, my my brother, I, sp- I spotted him playing Dynasty Warriors 8 on PS4 the Gordon. other day and sent him a picture of it. I was like, ah, oh, see, you're playing a good game. He was literally just listening to the music. <laughs> <laughs> he had turned on a video game to just listen to its Is music. Is he heard of YouTube? Uh, I don't know if he, he has. Is he backwards? He's very backwards. He's <laughs> a very simple man. Um, mm. uh, yeah. Cool. Oh, God, I love Dennis well, Morris so much. I think the music will be playing at the end because I've taken control of this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> GTA San Andreas. Oh, okay. That's better music. <laughs> is it's a very special game to me. Is it? Because it's the game... Where you've got all muscly. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Don't have too many cheeseburgers and remember to use your bike. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I love this. Like, this was the game that I wanted most when I... So I got a PS2, like you, Matt, a bit late, like, around the time San Andreas came out, I think. Okay, so I was probably, like, two years before that, I think. Mm. Um, Because, yeah, I was PC and Mm -hmm. Nintendo before that, really. But, yeah, I wanted this game more than anything. I I told the story on Beyond, like, a year ago when I was on, but the the way I got GTA San Andreas was... I was only, like, what I've been, like... 14 maybe and your parents are going to jail yeah well that's the thing they wouldn't let me have it which is very fair enough because yeah. that game has a lot of stuff in that I shouldn't have been seeing but the way I got it was so I bought my PS2 off eBay second hand bundled in with loads of games mm. 
and one of those games was GTA San Andreas, I messaged the man who was selling it to me and said, can you put this game in a plain black box, please? <laughs> so my parents don't know what it is. Jesus. Did you do it? Yeah, wow. he did it. He what was a very pirate. Good. Yeah. That's great. So I had to keep this game. They didn't know I had this game until about, what, 20, 30 hours in? I don't I can't remember. It felt like it was very long. It probably isn't that long anymore. It's probably about 10 hours now. But um, until that particular mission where you have to dress as a gimp and use the dildo <laughs> to kill someone mm-hmm. and that was the moment my mum walked in and saw me playing GTA for the first time <laughs> so I was in trouble uh, but I, I still got to finish the game eventually but um, I love that game like that is the first time one of the first times anyway I can remember an open world game for me mm. and especially like you heard all the rumours when you were a kid of what GTA was like and because I never played so GTA San Andreas I played three, actually, Mm -hmm. at a mate's house. Mm -hmm. I didn't play Vice City at that point. So San Andreas, I skipped straight to San Andreas. And I just love that. I love that world because, like, as a kid as well, I'm now lucky I've been to San Francisco and L.A. I was like, I want to go there. Mm. And that was as close as I got. Until four, Mm. they were all games I played at my mate's house. Like, my parents did not allow uh, over 18 games. And so they all of them have that weird childhood haze of, like, like illicit thrill of going to a friend's house and being like are we allowed to play this and then just watching the door and being like don't come in because i'm doing naughty business (laughs) i love that game like the music like horse with no name that song is just i hate that song so much yeah it's a boring song but it i just have images of being in a desert like i know exactly what i'm thinking is Is it it? k-dust or was it uh i haven't played in a while something rose but it's just such a good game i I love, like, and I always forget that Samuel Jackson yeah. is in it. <laughs> I remember finding that out and just being like, "Oh my god!" So like, Officer Tenpenny is it? Mm. Is yeah. it Tenpenny? I can't remember. He's the main. It's the main policeman. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, but yeah, I just I remember finding out he was in it and just being like, "Is this? Are we? Is this allowed?" <laughs> yeah. Like, Samuel L. Jackson's in a game. What's he wasting his time <laughs> for? But I remember like. One of the first things I did in GTA 5 was try and find Grove Street and try and find Carl. I found Grove Street, couldn't find Carl. But I love that game so much. And fair enough now, GTA 5 has completely eclipsed it mm. at 4. But that is my first proper GTA. And nice. I love that game. Nice. Matthew. Are we going to talk this long about all of them? No, <laughs> no we're we going to be here for hours. We can go a bit quicker. Uh, so I've less to say about my other two. Okay. My, my other one then is is Vice City. And so I'm not actually a huge fan of San Andreas. Why is that? So I actually found it... Found Racist? It, no. <laughs> oh, you but he said it. He said it. He said it. Uh-huh. And you look so disappointed. Uh, my thing was... Uh, is I said it with a question mark. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> tell, um, tell us the real reason uh, I found it was just too big mm. I, I, I really hated the amount of Travelling between Like the towns Because it felt mm. like Quite a lot of the missions that I I remember playing before Because I've never actually finished it I gave up on it Unbelievable. Um, But I just found like You go and do something And then you'd have to drive all the way to another city To sort of do the escape mm. And then I'd die, and I'd end up having to go back and do all of that again. I and I'd be just... very intrigued to boot it up now and see just how big that map is. Because I remember when I first played mm-hmm. San Andreas, I was like, this is huge. Yeah. I imagine now you can get across in about five minutes. So, no, I, I still I think, think it's, it's a lot bigger. So I, I think it was notably big for a long mm-hmm. time. Like... I played it again probably in 
so I ended up playing it after I'd done a big watch of The Wire, and I was just sort of like this drug sort of grassroots drug gangland sort of thing. You're in I the wanted. mood for crime. Sometimes you get a yeah. taste for crime, and so like that was the closest way I could get into almost play a Wire yeah. video game because they're almost the Barksdales, aren't they? Yeah. Except maybe just not as good at it. Yeah. But um, why do you prefer Tommy? I so I love the like that '80s Miami sort mm-hmm. of feel. I think is great. Like. That soundtrack has been with me forever. Like, literally, when I used to drive, like, mm. the soundtrack in my car was Flash what's, FM. I, so, what's I the one song that sparks mo- your mind for Vice City? Because so, I, I have uh, kids in America. Uh, so, that's not on Flash FM, is it? I so, don't think it no. Is. So, for me, it's. What are we looking Sorry, at? Sorry, I've, I've got the map. Oh, comparison. Got the map comparison. So, it's about it half is, the size of five. It's pretty, so it's pretty fucking big. big. Yeah. yeah. Fair, fair play to him. But less to do, I think, in between the cities than there is in Yeah, they in are just five. straight roads, I think. Mm-hmm. No, um, the, the, it's Japanese boy is the one that always comes to mind for me, <laughs> mostly because it was it's not it wasn't my my favorite was video killed the radio star mm, that's but the one for me it was it was my friend at school was obsessed with japanese boy and would <laughs> sing it all the fucking time um, but yeah there was racist <laughs> maybe oh, can't do this for i can't speak for edward taylor <laughs> oh man you doubted him et <laughs> big et but yeah i just remember like go out <laughs> the like the lights and the colors of gta and sort mm. of like that, that I say that mad eighties excess yeah. and stuff like that, and part of it was I because I wasn't I was gonna I wasn't gonna buy Vice City. I was a getaway kid when mm. I was at school. I was like, I asked my mum, yeah, kid. I asked my mum for because for my birthday, <laughs> like, and the getaway <laughs> kid. <laughs> but I remember being obsessed thinking the getaway because you know that they came out at a roughly similar yeah. time, and it was like the getaway is going to be it's the London. one. It's set in London. They had and like what Woolworths or something. Argos was in Argos, Argos in it. it. Most prominent use of Argos in a game. <laughs> and I do genuinely still have a soft spot for the getaway, but I can remember then at Christmas playing Vice City and going, "Oh no, this absolutely <laughs> so blows yeah, out of water." Did your parents allow you to, to own this? I, I think they were a bit more select, but my dad was less bothered. I remember my dad taking me to a game station and he bought me uh, Soldier of Fortune, which like fine. That's fine. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah. I remember being Love a bit of war, don't you? Yeah. I remember that being one of those games, Soldier of Fortune, Fortune, I mean, is one of those games where I I was definitively too young for it because I... Because it made me feel so bad, <laughs> like like chopping someone up and being like, "I'm going to do it, obviously, because I can." Yeah. But looking at it after, afterwards and just being like, and be, also being like going to church at the time, being a bit like, "Ah, oh, do, do, do I have to go to confession about <laughs> Soldier of Fortune?" Butchered another bloke. Forgive me, fa- her Father, for I have chopped up an enemy combatant <laughs> again with a machete. What's your second game? Is it Soldier of Fortune? It's Armoured Core 2. <laughs> you little shit. I, I was obsessed with Armoured Core 2 for a mm. short period. Me and my friends used to sit and make robots, like, all day. I remember my fr- my friend Ed made a huge... E.T. E.T. No, E.W., actually. Um, he, um, he, made a, a giant, <laughs> yeah, he made a giant pink mech with tra- tank tracks and mm. just called it the prawn. And... <laughs> I remember the prawn so well. Like, it's really stuck in my head. And it's like, it's that weird thing. It was, it's kind of, it's kind of proto-Minecraft in my head in as much as we barely used it for the game. Mm-hmm. It was just a robot construction for us. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. just made our big robots. And we'd tool about and we'd send them out in an arena and play split screen and shoot each mm-hmm. other and whatever. But really it was about just going like, 
what can we make that looks cooler than we've ever seen before? And I would just love that, like, that weird childhood, like, metagaming where you've mm-hmm. just made up your own thing for yeah. what yeah. it is. Like, my, so fondly remember. You must have been into this. So I boy. didn't, so I'm Doesn't like wasn't. a Japanese mech. Uh, I mean, I don't mind You love a chunky mech. Yeah, absolutely. But actually in a similar sort of, I guess how that all parallels out is me and my friend had the Robot Wars he had the Robot Wars game oh yeah obviously that's a little bit more industrial I forgot about that Arena of Destruction something like that Mm. yeah we used again but we used to just play it to make cool robots like it wasn't really about PvP for us it was Mm -hmm. just about making really cool robots I love that good stuff oh yeah this game was cool (laughs) just making robots it was free of them there were. There Arenas was of Destruction, one or two Advanced that Destruction, good. and Extreme Destruction. I think one. Advanced Destruction was on the GBA, yeah, and I it wasn't that. very good. I had that. <laughs> I also oh, had man, that. fucking Hypno-Disc was yeah. in it. Chaos 2, Wheelie Big Cheese. Those were the days. Give me Hypno-Disc in any game. Do you know what I will give you? My what? second game. Please Come. do. Burnout Revenge. Yes, Ooh, please. Yes. I think, I think, anyway, it seems to be most people think 3, as in takedown, is... I think that's the largely best. considered. People good... seem to often pit that one over Revenge. Mm. I think Revenge is better. I remember it's one of those games before Platinum Trophies even existed that I hundred percented. Mm. I wanted a gold medal in every event. Mm. The race, it like I don't remember anything feeling that fast. <laughs> <laughs> but like just every time it's slow mode taking out someone, it every, it never got boring. Well, it looked like the most futuristic thing I'd ever seen as yeah. well. Like the level of destruction in those games was yeah. like. And especially at that time when there was that weird stuff where, like, GTA couldn't show car destruction because licenses forbid it. Yeah. So it felt, like, more legit, despite not yeah. having real cars. For mm-hmm. some reason, you're like, burnout's the one where it's, like, actual yeah. what would happen in real life. And I just love crash mode, like, so, so much. Those I, crash I junction feel so good. levels, like... I, re- I remember the layout of several yeah. of them so well because I spent hours I just doing I could one gold thing. I gold medal a few of them now. It's so good, like, man. I, those are one of the few games I remember like going to a friend's house, staying up all night, and just trying to... We'd start a game like this and just try and 100% it in one night. Mm. And I don't know if we ever did... I remember distinctly we did it with Stuntman Ignition. Oh, I like the Stuntman <laughs> game. Fun. Stuntman was cool. It's yeah. fun. Burnout's much better. Burnout yeah. Revenge is an absolute banger. Also got a great soundtrack. Common theme, PS2 games, amazing soundtracks. Well, I think it was the first time we really got proper soundtracks. <laughs> well, yeah, because they were DVDs, weren't they? Yeah. So, so I think it's yeah. the first time we ever had this feeling of like, oh my God, this is such a big part of this game now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh God, yeah. I want to play listen to some stuff. I want to play Can we get a PS2 out there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's your last game, Matt? Um, I think it's unsurprising that my favourite ever game that was on PlayStation 2 was Final Fantasy X. Yeah. I actually think in times gone by, I've now possibly decided that Final Fantasy XII was actually the best of the PS2 Final Fantasies, which is the... Here we go. But at the time, Final Fantasy X was... I'm Captain Bosch von Ratzenberg. (laughs) Fuck you. But for me, I can distinctly remember... um, I used to go to my grandparents every um, Sunday mm. and because I'd get a bit bored, I'd go and walk to the shops and I remember getting to the shops and there being an official PlayStation 2 magazine in there with a front cover feature for Final Fantasy X in it and got the demo on it and I was obsessed with getting it and my basically I didn't have any money. So then my dad, because he hadn't got any cash on him at my grandparents, then for the rest of the night drove me around every newsagent's 
in near our village trying to find a place that had got that copy of OPM. That's so nice. <laughs> um, and then again, playing it, and it got two distinct sections. It was the section um, from the very start of the game mm. where you fight the sin spawns on the um, on the highway out of Zanakand. And then there was a bit... Oh, that old Zanakand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then there was uh, another section later where you got, uh, is it Kamari, the, the blue yeah. guy? Yeah. And Big blue bastard. Yeah. Just genuinely, it blew my mind going from PlayStation 1 era Final Fantasy where everything was a little bit blocky, mm-hmm. all the music was midis, going to... I still genuinely think like Final Fantasy X looks great today. Oh, yeah, it's like beautifully designed. Yeah. Like, when you're talking about that, you know, the Final Fantasy high fantasy look... Mm-hmm. Like, or versus Cyberpunk. Like, yeah. 10 is just this whole weird, like, fucking beach future. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It's really weird. Like, I love the look of that game. Yeah. It's a proper blue sky. And, and I think because they valued, like, I think the main difference between that and 12 is 12 values textures, whereas 10 valued, like, model density. Mm. So, like, Tidus still looks really good today, especially in the HD version where they've, like, cleaned up the lines. Yeah. Mm. Like, that game looks amazing. So you're going... 10 over 12. Yeah, so I think, I think these days, like, I really appreciate the madness. Like, 12 has some crazy systems, and I really like that it's a bit more like 9 in that it's this big empire-spanning mm. war story. Mm-hmm. But for me at the time, 10 was... Like, it was out of this world. Like, characters that could speak, amazing battles, like, proper turn-based battles as well. They'd scrapped active time battle mm. by that point. And also, like... Absolutely massive shout-out to 10-2, which is one of the maddest sequels I've ever played. It's so good. But you you play as a J-pop mercenary band. And, like, I can't... Like, I don't think I appreciated it at the time just how brilliant that idea is. And it's a game about dressing up and different costumes give you different abilities. It's fucking amazing. Also, if we're talking Final Fantasy X and also PS2's good mm-hmm. music, fucking hell. You got more? Yeah. DJ DJ Scrubs here we go this (laughs) this fucking cutscene blew my mind so powerfully that I just watched it I didn't carry on the game I just went back to the theatre mode and watched it again and again like fucking a city being attacked to this bizarre music a giant whale in the sky called Sin yeah And then that bit where Auron comes out on the bridge at the top and, like, his coat is billowing and the sword's on oh, his... Mate. What oh, an unbelievable game. game. Do you so want Final good. Fantasy X remake, then? Is that what you want? Yeah, don't I, I don't, don't need it. it. You don't need it. Yeah. The remaster is genuinely good enough. Like, the the one... I want to see, like, the, the PS1 era remade, like, because mm-hmm. I, I adore Final yeah. Fantasy VIII, which is the one a lot of people don't. Um, but I don't think, like, the PS2 era onwards just don't need remakes because they're genuinely really, really well put together. There we go. Also, Final Fantasy X has that guy that says, Rides a shoe puff! <laughs> Which is in my head for all time. Lovely selections, Matthew. Thank you. Joe. Pro Evolution Soccer 3. Nice. The one with Pierre Luigi Colino yes. on the <laughs> Absolutely. Do you know who Pierre Luigi Colino is? Clue, but Mad he's got a great eyed. name. You know how all. Uh, football games have a famous footballer yeah, on the yeah, front. Yeah. Not Pro Evo 3 is referee. the world's best referee. <laughs> I have seen uh, this cover before. With his, with his signature on it. It's the Imagine most odd choice. Man the Merciless with crazy eyes. Mm-hmm. The most famous man in football that year, according to Pro Evo, was a ref. <laughs> what a beautiful <laughs> The main reason I remember that cover is because I can remember my tech teacher holding a Pro Evo a tournament one lunchtime. 
and it was that version of the mm. game. So this led to some very mild bullying in my life because I was so excited about Pro Evo 3 coming out that I cancelled going to a friend's house <laughs> to go home and play it, and I made the mistake of telling them that was the reason. Oh, and no. those two people are still... My, two of my best friends and will still tell me I'm a fucking dickhead for it. I'm on your side. Uh, this was the period, though, where that three to four year period where Pro Evo was just so much better than FIFA. It's extremely good. Like, yeah. so... I just remember playing it and being like, anyone who likes FIFA is a fucking idiot. Mm-hmm. And how, like... That's kind of the precursor to all my games criticism features. It's <laughs> just being like, I know better than you and you have yeah. to listen. <laughs> God, it felt so great good. Game. You could play as giant penguins and dinosaurs. Could you do that in three? Was it four the first one? I'm not sure. Um, you but definitely in four. Also, it's the first... This sound. This is very nerdy. It's the first time I'd ever seen depth of field in a game. <laughs> like, in the replay... I remember my grandpa walking in and being like... Are you watching football? <laughs> like yeah. it, that, just that one effect was so mm-hmm. odd to see on a game screen that it looked so much more real see, to me. It four's was the one for, for me that really. I, I like three, but four's one for me because you had. I think it's it. I'm mixing them up now. Four or five, whichever one had Mad Adriano with 99. Oh power, God, yeah, that with, was with four. Oh, no, that, I think that was five. Um, four or five. It might have been both. Yeah, but when you had like Recoba and Adriano. Oh, and Andy van der Maeder. Oh, man, I forgot about Andy van der Maeder. This must be but, fun um, for you, Matt. You're, yeah, lo- yeah. you're looking at the stuff on the wall. Just <laughs> like, I, go, Shit. It just, I just remember it looking great and feeling yeah. great. I actually played those on, um, I think because I didn't get my PS2 too late, I think 4 or 5 was my first PS2 when I played 3 on PC. Really? Yeah, mm-hmm. with mouse and keyboard. <laughs> no, you didn't. I did. Mouse and keyboard? Yeah, I played, I used to play with mouse and keyboard. That sounds awful. I used to play Pro though with mouse and keyboard. You're I've done freak. it all. My last one. I'm going to just throw out a few honourable mentions that I so nearly made the cut. Bully. Yeah. Love that game. Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. Yeah, I'm surprised it, we didn't have it that. It was very close. Again. Very close. Music. Oh, what so a good. thrill. <laughs> and obviously, Resi 4 is too obvious. Um, <laughs> Resi 4 is a better not, GameCube game. I'm just game. not a massive Resi person. Resi 4 is forever a GameCube game yeah. in my head. But I'm going for... A lot of people may associate with the 360 or the PS3, but I had it on PS2. Guitar Hero 3. Oh, mama. Oh, that's the first Guitar Hero game I bought, and I bought two at the same time as three because obviously it was backwards compatible. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time I think they had the cordless guitar. Yeah, the yes. wireless, the wireless one. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I played the shit out of that I game. I played so much of Guitar and Hero 3. And that soundtrack, like that had... It was good at the start. She had slow ride, Take kicking it off a bit of fog hat. Yeah. yeah, I thought you were going to say some more, and you'd forgotten them. All. No, 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 yeah, I'd forgotten all of them. But then it kicked up to like rain and blood, and then obviously through the fire and flames, mm-hmm. which I could play on expert. Really? Uh, what was that? What? I can't. You could anymore. also. I can do it on hard now. On three six, you used to be able to download the Halo theme tune as well, which was yeah, I did wicked. I, I rem- do that. I remember again. This is one of those ones where it like means nothing outside of my memory, but one of me playing it for the first time at a friend's house and being on medium, and they turned on. I think it was either Cliffs of Dover or it was one of those Cliffs weird Dover ones. Is, it, that is one song that fucked me. I could not play that one, but that well, it was the only song in the game that had an orange note, as in the fifth note uh, in a medium. Mm-hmm. And I remember like 
this being the funniest thing in the world to the person who <laughs> tricked me into playing it. Like, again, actually, this is EW again. He, like, he pissed himself. He's like, ah, got you! It's <laughs> like, an orange note. There's a few things I love about the game. Like, playing against Tom Morello is an event. Oh, mm. God, yeah. Um, My Name is Jonas is in yes. there. My Name is Jonas is, that is the, like, the greatest thing to play in all the Guitar Hero Really? Games. I was going to say, that is my personal favourite, and they have it in the arcade version, is to play Mississippi Queen. Oh, yes. it's good. Because that one is... That feel, yeah. just feels... The way the notes go on that one. I can actually air that one without... Like, I know how that one goes, that riff, just without the guitar in. Like, for the last six months now, I've been saying, can we get the Guitar Hero we, slash Rock Band guitars out? And you really need we to do it, because yeah. I have a If real it wasn't... Urge. Have, you, have you got a set here? We think we have, like, an old Rock Band set or something. I was going to say, because I've got, like, a Rock Band set at my parents, and my mummy's sort of, like, gradually nudging me. It's like, when are you going to do something about this? And it's like, I don't want to bin it, but I've got no space in a London flat. See, I've, I've still got my old Guitar Hero set at home, and the new Guitar Hero, but they're saying about... The Guitar Hero guitar is perfect for me. Like, whenever... Because the Rock Band one, the spacing is slightly different. It, it is, does yeah. do my head in a little bit. Because yeah. I'm so, so tuned this, in to the Guitar the Hero The spacing one. on the Rock Band one suits me better, but I prefer the strum bar on the mm-hmm. Guitar well, Hero the stuff. The buttons on the Guitar Hero ones are much better. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. the Rock Band ones always felt slightly quite spongy. flat. Like, yeah, yeah, not quite a click. I would say bring them back, but we all know how that went, and it will fail again. And so. they're making Fusion at... Well, yeah. Oh, no, Harmonix made three, didn't yeah. they? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. The Legends. So, yeah. That's the PS2. What a lovely time. Christ, it was good. When I think about it, maybe my favourite console. I think in terms of games, it's probably, it's the one. It's the first one that felt like mine as well. I know PS1 I got, but it was too, I was very young and I had so few games in the grand scheme of things that it's not like, it doesn't feel like the thing I played all the time, whereas PS2 I absolutely rinsed. And PS2 was like my first console because before Mm. it was PC and PC never feels like it's a thing, it's just I'm the same, I had NES, then I was pretty much PC and Game Boys until the PS2. I didn't have a PS1. God. There we go. What a good time. Do you know what's also a good time, Joe? It's the Endless, endless search. search. Inside, it's a UK IGN crew. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you. Inside, I got a question for you. Hold up the DJ, we're coming through. Yeah, yeah, and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you. Inside, I got a question for you. Is it in the search? This endless search comes from Paul Hunter, who has correct. PH. Has PH. What's your city? Alkali, baby. <laughs> um, I, uh, I'm going to shout that a lot. <laughs> um, he's correctly assumed that I will immediately choose any game that has a spreadsheet that does clever things. <laughs> it's a good litmus test. It's also got a great name, The Cast and the Curious. Ooh. Um, I'm going to read okay, this out because okay. I've not actually really looked into what it is. Uh, not going to waste my time with praise. You're all average to mediocre at best. Thank, Thank you. It. That's exactly the kind of thing I like to hear. Thought I'd have a crack at a game for the endless search, so I've created what I've affectionately titled The Cast and the Curious. There are five films with three characters from each film. Your job is to pick a character and guess what their total screen time is for that film. Ooh. The time is broken down to an average of every 15 minutes, and the answers need to be in decimals. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is for the spreadsheets purposes. Yeah. For instance, six minutes, 15 seconds would be 6.25. <laughs> what counts as screen time? Is it time their face is seen or their inner scene? I haven't worked this out. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I think, I think as long as they're in a scene, I would yeah. imagine is. Okay. I would guess on screen. Like, yeah, yeah. So visibly, they have to be on screen visibly. They can't, okay, so they I can't think. be... 
Yeah. No, I think on camera, in, so even if they're not talking, I'd say if they're like, even if they're in the middle ground. What if they're yeah. on like a phone call and you can't see them? You can hear them. It'll swap, won't it, over to I mean, normally. I don't think it matters. I've included <laughs> a spreadsheet which should work out everything for you. All you need to do is pick a character for each film and enter a value in the guest field. There are no links Good. or bonus points. Person with the lowest score at the end wins. Because it's furthest, yeah. more points you being be as close further away. Me. Okay. Well, I just hope this spreadsheet works. I'm all about these formulaic spreadsheets. Yeah, really nice. Uh, so, film one, Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. You have a choice of Obi-Wan Kenobi, Darth Vader, and Princess Leia. I'm going to get you to choose different ones, okay. just for okay. the sake of you, it. You can go first if you want. Uh, I'll go Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi? <laughs> Darth Vader or Princess Leia? Um, we can go the same if we want no, to. No, I'll, I'll go Leia. Leia. All right. What's your guess mm. in decimals? And so, it's minutes as well. Yeah. So A New Hope is bad 120 minutes long. Mm-hmm. Um, so Obi-Wan Kenobi is obviously only in really the first third of that film. I'm going to say he's in it for about 12 minutes. See, so did the projection. The projections must count for Leia. Oh, I would say so. Yeah, yeah. yeah like when she's projected yeah. onto... RTD, so yeah. I mean, you're adding a minute on at most there, mate. They show it a few times. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go... Hmm, oh, no, she's quite a bit there. She's quite a bit there. I'm going to go 11.20. 11.20? Yeah. 11 minutes in Star Wars? I don't think she's in mm-hmm. that many scenes. But I, also, it cannot 11, tw- 11.2 minutes. Oh, 11 point... Sorry, we have to do... Second, so eleven point three then. <laughs> what? Why? I thought you said decimals. Yeah, I know. It's yeah. just bizarre that you've done it. <laughs> I think I don't. Yeah, eleven anyway. minutes twenty seconds is what I was saying. I'll tell you what. You're both very close. Is this real? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Obi Wan Kenobi. You guessed twelve minutes. Mm-hmm. Seventeen and a half. Hey. Princess Leia. Eleven point three for whatever yeah. reason. Thirteen point five minutes. What? There we go. She's Prince. not in that much. See, I would have thought the middle bulk where they're rescuing her from the Death Star, she'd she have... just sat in jail for a long time. Uh, she's I suppose it's all like, then, then they get back to There's Yavin, the small right, scene and... of, like, the injecting robot thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then they save her. She's in the Falcon for a little bit, and then she's back at base. Yeah. That's really it. I'm, I'm looking now. I'm checking this is right. It's <laughs> right. Yeah, she's not in that. That's and when up. you think of in films, there's not that many. Like Chewbacca's only in it for eleven minutes. Yeah, there's not like Luke's probably in a lot, but Darth Vader's only in it for nine. Yeah, I suppose in the first one. Yeah. they're not all in every scene. C three PO's the third highest. Yeah, so, what a load of shit that is. <laughs> right. Cool. Well, I've learned something today. Great. Here we go. Avengers Infinity War. Ooh. Peter Parker slash Spider-Man. Doctor Stephen Strange. Peter Quill slash Star-Lord. I'm gonna go... Yeah, you get to pick first this time. Doctor Stephen Strange. Okay. I'm gonna go Star-Lord. Star-Lord. Okay. Uh, um, oh, no. I forgot these the wrong way around. It's the big battle at the start. And there's the interrogation bit. Just renaming these. Stuff How many wrong. times they cut back to Titan, and he's sitting there doing all yeah, these doing all doing all psychic shite. Um, I'm gonna say Stephen Strange. 
I'm going to go for 16.4. That's weird. <laughs> it looks like to me that they come in 0.25, 0.5, oh, 0.75. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, 0.5 then. No. But that might just be coincidence. Okay. You said 0.5. Sixteen? Did I say sixteen? Yeah, yeah, sixteen point five. Peter Quill slash Star Lord. I'm going to go nine point two five. I'd say he's not. In he's it massively much. underserved. I, I say underserved. There's I don't actually think he needs to be. The long scene where he goes see the collector, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like, there's quite a lot that's based. There's quite a lot of just Thanos in those sort of areas. So, mm. okay, uh, Doctor Stephen Strange, you guessed sixteen point five. 11.25. Less than Leia. I should have just gone for that. Um, and Peter Quill slash Star-Lord. You guessed 9.25. Mm-hmm. It is 10.25. Oh, right back in it, mate. So at the moment, uh, Matt's on 6.5. Cardi's on 7.45. Ooh. Because he's made his stupid decision. There was no stipulations made before that. No, there weren't. It's just to think you're mad. Um, right. Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Hagrid, Draco, Malfoy, or Professor Dumbledore? <sighs> Albus! <laughs> You're a wizard, Harry. You're a wizard, <laughs> Albus. <laughs> go on then, boys. Um, I'm going to go Professor Dumbledore. Dumbledore! Mm. And you've got a choice of Draco or Hagrid. Uh, oh, Draco. I'll knock you off your broom. <laughs> Potter! Oh, I was reminded today of an image. Well, well, you think. I'm going to bring it up. This was referenced Uh, on an old podcast I used to do. It's a very good picture. He's probably on the train at the start for a couple of minutes. Yeah. It's a very good picture of uh, Draco Malfoy on the cover of a carp magazine (laughs) with a big (laughs) carp. Malfoy's magic. Yeah. Uh, Carpe diem. Why Harry Potter star Draco Malfoy, not his name, uh, (laughs) loves carp angling. (laughs) Look it up. Good image. Uh, he, li- he likes to feel the oh, slivering in his hand. Let's stick that on the uh, on the cover. On the thumbnail. <laughs> yeah, I see that. Yeah. I did make a final <laughs> fantasy one, but that's changing. Uh, cool. How long is Dumbledore, Dumbledore in? Well, Dumbledore. he's not in Philosopher's Stone very much. So I'm going to say... with the lights at the start. He <laughs> does the bits with the lights at the start, then he's in the Great Hall. There's and a troll in the dungeon! <laughs> what do you want to know? <laughs> um, there's that bit. There's sort of like the stuff at the end when he's doing them sort of like the... Why. How long? Uh, I reckon it's about 8.75. I don't oh, think it's a lot. Good, a good choice, I reckon. I'm going to go Malfoy for a cool 6.5. Whoa! Tiny appearance. Fucking hell, boys. I'd be shit at this game. <laughs> You're great. Dumbly door. The guess is 8.75. The answer is 9.75. Oh, in, in exactly a point away again. And Draco Malfoy. Guess is 6.5. 4.25. Fucking uh, poor old uh, the monkey killer Tom Felton. (laughs) He's uh, he's barely in it. But he makes an impression. Good on him. That was before Jason Isaacs was his canonical Mm. dad. Mm. X-Men, the year 2000. Remember the X-Men? They were good. I don't know it that well, though. Jean Grey, Professor Charles Xavier, or Magneto? 
Magneto. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go Professor X. Yeah. Okay, I'll do Magneto then. Oh, I, I don't remember it that well. Picking Jean Grey seems like a trap in this yeah. one. I don't remember don't, it Is Jean Grey well. not actually all that big in that first... Because like, I know the third film was when they did all the Dark Phoenix stuff. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the first X-Men. Yeah. I'm getting that in X2. Well, X2 is when Magneto's been taken prisoner is in the Hannibal Lecter chamber, right? Is that the one with the Statue of Liberty? Maybe. Oh, they're shite. I'm just going to say it here. They're all shite. Two's all right. And I like the president turning into water. Yeah, yeah. Not the president. Where he comes through the gap in the jail cell, yeah. Fucking Lucy James from GameSpot got a fucking action figure of the the guy turning into water, like, halfway through. It's the best. It's the only action figure I've ever wanted to own as an adult. Is it like squidgy? Can you? I think so. She's welcome to write in an email and refute punks. I know she listens, and I know you do, Lucy. Only weeks ago did she tell me that X Two is the best superhero film. Lucy, oh come on! I I don't know if it was tongue in cheek. I for one hope it was. Uh, Right, please refute, Professor Um, X. Professor, he's got a beard on a lot. Twenty-two, big dog. Yeah, because I, I actually think he's he got to be, be the main character. I think. Well, no, see, I think like Scott is more likely to be the main mm. character, but he is—he's going to have a like lot he's of everywhere, isn't it? Well, you've guessed now, Magneto. Yeah, yeah. Um not as much as Professor X. I'm going to say like maybe seventeen point five. Well, well, bloody well. <laughs> Professor Charles Xavier. The guess is twenty-two minutes. Yeah. Eleven minutes. What? Under absolute laziness from Patrick Stewart, <laughs> but he just didn't turn up. Magneto guess is seventeen point five. Fourteen point two five. Fuck, more than Well, you fucking won this, didn't you? It's a big old split right now. Yeah. It's gonna be have to gonna have to be a fuck up from Matt <laughs> on the Dark Knight. Ooh, fuck it up with a K at the t- the front of the. And you get to choose first. Harvey Dent slash Two Face, Lieutenant Jim Gordon, or Le Joker? Oh, he's in it a lot, and they're they're genuinely he's quite hard, aren't they? He's in it a lot. He's <laughs> in it a lot. It's almost like he's one of the main characters. Mm-hmm. Why so serious? Uh, You're in it a lot. <laughs> I'll go for the Joker. Oh, Nelly, <laughs> he's gone wild. And I'm going to well, say some people just like to watch the world burn. Gordon or Two Face? <laughs> Yin and Yang. I'm going Two Face. Hoverdent. Du visage. <laughs> right. The Joker. A long movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go. Don't know how long he's in that first scene? Which mask is him? Which clown? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go sixteen point two five. I would say that's a lot that more is, than that. That is low to me. Interesting. Maybe, maybe he makes a big impression in small bursts. Harvey Dent. He's in quite a lot of it. I think he's in a lot more than... Because he's in that 13. Trial. I we are going to say 30 then. It's a long film. It? It's like 2 hours two two, 20 or something? Yeah, maybe 2 hours 30, something like that. The Joker. The guess was 16.25. The answer is 25.25. Oh, full out. Still think that's Quite enough. a miss, but not, not a enough. huge miss. Mm-hmm. Especially when you take into account that Harvey Dent is in it for 22 minutes Whoa. against the guess of 13. Which leaves us... Should have gone bold. Matt, 
is only 19.75 minutes out, whereas Cardi is a cool 29.95. Well played. (laughs) (laughs) Professor Uh, X done me in. This, good game. It's really made me think about filmmaking. Oh, has it really? Mm -hmm. The art form? Yeah. I I never really thought about how little you see your favourite men and women. Lovely. Uh, Let's do some feedback. Okay. I've got one. You've read it all fucking out. Well, we've got more. Uh, how long have we been going there? Long time. Long time reader. Long time <laughs> read. This is from Mike Hyam. He says, Hi guys, love the podcast. Hi. Audio highlight of my week. Ooh. Mine is the early morning fluttering of birds through my window. Why Does- are they fluttering through your window? Because you I bread put, in there or yeah, something. I put bread on my bed so I can stroke the birds. Bread on my, my bed. <laughs> I don't do that. Uh, okay. Especially any There's chat. bread on his <laughs> bed. <laughs> He doesn't do that. Right. Um, especially any chat about British-centric snacks. Can I suggest more chat about classic pick-a-mix? Yes. My choice would be white chocolate mice and dolly mix. Are you kidding Thanks me? For you've, you've let yourself down immediately. Because <laughs> yeah, if little... you haven't said the Apple cables, you fucked it. Or the fudge. So but heavy. It's so heavy, but it's good. Uh, I'm Jazzy's. You know, I never got into jazzies. They get everywhere in your teeth. Uh, uh, jazz milk. is the ones with the little white chocolate of button with yeah. hundreds of thousands. Yeah. Yeah. Milk bowls. That's where it's at. Uh, those blue and red bowls yeah. that yeah. are an undistinguishable flavour. Giant cola bowls. Giant cola those bowls. dolphins. The, the I white like the and the dolphins. blue dolphins. Yeah. Uh, and also... I just hate Dolly Mitchell. I don't like licorice, I, really. This is unorthodox. If I see a yogurt raisin, I'm oh, filling yeah, a bag yeah, with yeah, yogurt raisins. Yeah, 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 I yeah, love yeah, a yogurt yeah. raisin. And a straw. And you uh, can get them in Holland and Barrett and pretend you're a healthy person. <laughs> I miss Wallace. Right, anyway. I've just watched Green Street for the first time ever. <laughs> oh, that wasn't even the first no, bit. That, uh, the, the main That was, that was just a little bit. I've just watched Green Street for the first time ever. Congratulations. After hearing it mentioned so often on the podcast. I don't, want, I don't condone anything, but it is available in its entirety on YouTube. It is. Quite poor quality, but yeah. it's there. Just as is the Football Factory, yeah, which is except bizarre. produced by Rockstar Games. Yeah, don't give away our f- upcoming content. <laughs> it might not be. It might not be. But it would be good fun, wouldn't it? Yeah. Just wanted to weigh in on how incredible, in brackets, terrible the accents are. Oh, man. Charlie Hunnam sounds like a Swedish policeman presenting Radio Four. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't, I, I don't, I don't that think that's like. in any way accurate, but, but it's I a like very it. funny description. It's evocative. Um, it's a great accent. Now imagine that saying, Ellie, <laughs> Ellie. <laughs> oh, God. Get him in as Joel. Right? No. And everyone else has adopted the I am from London and angry voice <laughs> that I've never heard in real life, despite living here for 33 years. Queef. Let's have it. That guy's looking for a pounding. Oh, man. There's a bit of that film that's. Uh, underrated for how fucking weird it is. I've played it a couple of times in its football day as one of the jingles. There is a bit where a man very quietly says, "Nah, sight, mate. I've seen him down at times with all the other journalists." And it's the weirdest line <laughs> down in the that times. entire down the times with all the other journalists. Like they have a meeting, like little sandwiches outside. It's the most bizarre line reading. I love watch, it. Can we do a Green Street Football Factory double built or something? Yes. And play guitar here. Nah, straight, like it's 2004. <laughs> nah, straight, mate. I've seen them down in Rio. I've seen them in Dalston watching <laughs> Football Factory with all the other dickheads. Uh, I was even questioning if Elijah Wood is really American, and I didn't have that and didn't have that synthesized text to voice, text to voice voice laid over him in post production. <laughs> he has got. 
He's playing oh, yeah. it so weedy yeah. that it doesn't sound real. They call him what they call him a colonial. <laughs> my, my colonial <laughs> cousin. <laughs> Fucking what, what a, what a good film. What a mess of a film. It's so funny. Colonial. Right. The accents were so bad I couldn't think of anything to compare it to aside from once when a Romanian mugger tried to mug me and my mate once Oh tried to mug me and my mate once by starting the conversation. All right, mates, are you having the time, sweet mate? Yes. <laughs> that is that could easily be a Charlie Hunnam line in Green Street. All right, mate. Oh, she put his main life through the phone boss window the other day. <laughs> All right, mate. So you having the time, sweet mate? Yes. <laughs> are you having the time? One of my, my friends um, told a story about how once someone tried to mug him once mm. uh, in Doncaster by coming up and saying, uh, "Hey, mate, you got a time." And he gets his watch and he's like, oh, it's whatever time. And he goes, nah, mate, real time, like on your phone. <laughs> real time. Like, real, real time. time. <laughs> Digital time. So good. Uh, would thoroughly recommend Green Street for the lols. Yep, absolutely. If yeah. you watch Green Street, no. Oh, oh I feel like it's, it, the legacy is better preserved as something I've learned oh, through no, you guys. Genuinely, <laughs> man. Like, it's out the room. It's, it is... <laughs> It's genuinely an entertaining film, just not for the reasons they wanted yeah. it to be. Like, have it on in the background is bizarre, yeah. some of the choices. Mike ends it. it in Mr. Hunnam's wise words, you'll have a right bubble. Great. There we go. Lovely. Are oh, you having a fucking bubble? <laughs> Jesus Thank Christ, you. what a great oh, film that is. Anytime. Is that all our feedback? No, no, yeah, you've got one here for you, Joe. I want to read a bit. From Robin Ireland. Hey, guys, nice things, Robin nice things. Robin Ireland? Rob in oh. Ireland. Nice things, nice things. Love it's football day, nice things. Following on from your conversation about reviewing games from series you love, it reminded me of something I've often thought about. Should you do reviews from different perspectives, i.e. someone new to the series slash genre versus really experienced? Uh, big reactions, facial reactions in the studio right now. Obviously not required for everything, but there are certain titles I would feel I feel would benefit from this, like Final Fantasy VII. I've never played it before, or the series, and a review from someone who's played and enjoyed the series would be pretty useless to me, I feel, especially if it's tinged with a nostalgia I don't have. I played The Outer Worlds based on really good reviews, nearly all referencing Fallout and New Vegas in particular. I'd never played a Fallout game and found the game really wasn't for me. I had a similar experience with Jedi Fallen Order, very disappointing for me compared to rave reviews. Anyway, wondering if this is something that is considered in IGN for certain titles. Well, that's very interesting you ask, because we're now doing micro-reviews. Yes, we are. I did kind of have that feeling with Final Fantasy VII that we should... And if I had the time, I'd love to review Final Fantasy VII from the opinion of... I've played the first couple of hours of Final Fantasy a couple of times mm-hmm. and never got that far. But I, I I'm not doing that in an official sense, but you'll definitely hear it on the podcast of you from someone who is not familiar with Final Fantasy VII. We, we do this with previews more often mm. so I've done a double preview where I play Dragon Quest Eleven, and me yeah. and Ezra from the Japanese office who is a massive fan and mm-hmm. I've never played a Dragon Quest game both did a preview yeah. as a two-hander so we took sections like things to talk about and then talked about them next yeah. to each other and I really enjoyed doing that we're format. definitely doing more cool things with reviews like the micro reviews and like with Dreams we did have my review and then we had the actual developer review from, we had a developer talk about their cool perspective way on it to do that. but th- so the re- part of this is just this is the way things are done you have an official review but the reason we're doing micro reviews is so we can get that spread of opinions because we have such a big staff and they're Mm -hmm. all over the world and there is that weird thing that occasionally happens where american views versus british views are completely different and like australian views as well Mm -hmm. um and 
whatever cultural phenomenon that is, I haven't worked out, but it happens. So I'm looking forward to being yeah. able to like obviously Green Street is a ten for us, hundred percent. Two an American. Well, I don't know, mate. It's, it might also pro- be a ten. The, the main character most screen time is an American Ooh. from Harvard, no less. <laughs> Ivy League, a real colonial, um, well, a colonial cousin, <laughs> um, but. Yeah, so it is something we're trialling. Um, so the mic reviews, reviews thing almost certainly will happen for Final Fantasy VII because that is the perfect place where, mm-hmm. like you say, I, I think the the official IGN view should be from someone who can compare to the original because that's such a huge part of what this is. But I am looking forward to reading people who've never played yeah. it talk about it in an official way as well. So there you go, Rob. We've already done no. it. No. So <laughs> stop your whining. <laughs> no, also it's great, uh, and I agree yeah. with you on Fallen Order. It's not as good compared to the reviews. Yeah, it's in my not humble great. opinion. If I did a micro review of that, I didn't finish it in time. We did do some actually, and I didn't finish it in time, so that's my yeah, I don't fault. Think any I would have given it. I would have given it a seven, six for me. Okay. Yeah, I, th- I think I probably would have given it a seven, even though I think mm. that combo system is fucked. We've got a returning writer. We have, yeah. Mr. Craig Stewart, who I think was only this very previous week, <laughs> uh, is back from Aberdeen in Scotland. It's not the same email, though. No, no, good, no. Good. He's, he's written us another one. and Essay length. Essay length. He's got his... With cuts. Yeah. <laughs> I've already, yeah, I cut a little bit out, but it's still, I kept the essence of the prose. You'd hope so. He's a dedicated writer. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Good day, chaps. I'm writing to you this week to regale you with a story of a much younger, more naive young man than the one writing to you now. On a snowy Christmas day, when I was nothing more than a little scamp, my mother came up to me and asked, What do you want from Santa this year, Craig? Will I be pretty? Will I? (laughs) (laughs) And she did reply, Que sera, sera. No. Uh, I stopped playing with my toys, earnestly looked up at my mother and responded, I would really like if the developer, Dice, would be given the Battlefield license. <laughs> sorry, sorry, the Battlefront license. I feel that this is a perfect marriage of game ideologies and that it would be a prudent business decision. I then returned to my Playmobil and watching reruns of The Crystal Maze. Craig's one of those people who says that their five-year-olds just said some really smart political <laughs> discourse on Twitter. <laughs> My five-year-old just looked at me and said that our prison system should not be privatised. I, for one, <laughs> applaud him. This was a dream combination that I thought of many times in the following years. Growing up with a love for Dice's Battlefield series, particularly Battlefield 2 and Bad Company 2, as well as spending hundreds of hours in Star Wars Battlefront with friends and family, Dice taking over the long-dormant Battlefront franchise was an unlikely dream. Whenever friends and I would theorise about games, I would bring up this knockout combination. The open landscapes and a free movement between objectives, along with the massive team-based shooting combat that DICE has refined over the years, would, be, would perfectly lend itself to Battlefront, I thought. So you can imagine the jubilation I felt when the initial teaser was announced after EA's acquisition of the Star Wars gaming license. I got the game on launch and even used some of my annual leave to have an uninterrupted day of pure gaming joy. I played through the day, but the game didn't click right away, so I would return to it regularly over the following days, but it still didn't feel right. No matter how much I played, that feeling never changed. To this day, even with two releases helmed by DICE, I still really can't get into the EA era of of Battlefield, despite... I'm guessing Battlefront. Yeah. um, Despite many attempts. I have several friends that really enjoy it, and I've heard... (laughs) Several? I know. (laughs) Imagine having several friends. Unbelievable. I haven't uh, got one in this room. <laughs> You've got two. <laughs> uh, one way. 
I have several friends that really enjoy it, and I have heard from many that Battlefront 2's evolution, since its initial missteps, has led to it becoming an excellent entry in the series. It's never been, however, it's never been able to recapture that same feeling that I got from the originals, and that makes me a little sad. Hmm. But we get older, and our tastes change, and the series we love should also be given that same chance to change for a new generation of fans. So much how Richard Iowardi may not recapture the magic of the crystal maze of my childhood, DICE couldn't recapture that Star Wars magic I used to enjoy. But still, that doesn't change the great times I have with the old games, and I'll continue to remember the to treasure the memories that I have playing the originals with friends and loved ones. And finally, remember Richard O'Brien shouting, "Start the fans, please!" <laughs> it's a bizarre <laughs> extra <laughs> tangent. With this story in mind, I ask you lads, what your dream combination of studio and creator is with your game franchise of choice? Oh, okay, maybe not even an established game, but something like that. Blank check and carte blanche to make sure the game of your choosing he would personally like Darren Aronofsky to write FIFA's next story mode (laughs) (laughs) I mean Spike Lee directed NBA and that was shit so ooh well I wish you'd prepped me for this what do you mean Green Street FIFA next story mode is just Green Street I mean a firm based yeah like attack why is Green Street not a game I can tell you why Green Street by Rockstar North (laughs) I I would like a yeah, a take up of the Warriors, but you're playing football yeah. hooligan firms. Charlie Hunnam. Oh, I'd actually be quite like <laughs> quite like a firm game. And you play the match, so you also play as the matches, and the your performances on the pitch reflect how angry the firm are, and they increase stats. But it's a trade off. <laughs> don't say it on a public forum. It's just fucking gold. Who's <laughs> uh, make? Yeah, just Rockstar. Rockstar yeah, making yeah, it. Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, they they they're good at that. Or Red Dead 3, written by Paul Thomas Anderson. <laughs> God, that would be a slow game. But starring Sadie Adler. Oh, yeah, that'd be quite good. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of just developer franchise business. Business. Um, I want... I've got all my favourite things. <laughs> I would give the Bioshock licence to Remedy. Mm. Ah. Actually, yeah, yeah, do it. <laughs> That's really good. Done. Yeah, I'd be interested. Can I have yours? <laughs> <laughs> You've had two good ones. Uh, I, w- I want Platinum to make everything. What? Well, like, I genuinely would have said Platinum making an Avatar: The Last Airbender game, mm-hmm. but they tried that. <laughs> Shite. <laughs> Maybe dream. Platinum now w- yeah. without yeah, yeah. constraints. I'd be up for that. Mm-hmm. Like the first one. By the way, if anyone's interested in Avatar The Last Airbender, I'm going to do an article about this, but there's a man making an Avatar game in dreams. Yeah. It's fucking astonishing. It's Those gliding levels look. Elka Gaming is called. You can go look him up on YouTube. Mm, ELCA. ELCA. Yeah. Okay. Um, mm. Very impressive. What Final Fantasy game do you want then? Uh, so, <laughs> I was actually... I would like Miyazaki and FromSoft to make a Warhammer uh, game. Oh, oh mate. Uh, 40k. So, Warhammer 40k, I think you'd play as an Inquisitor... Not with FromSoft Combat, though, surely. So I think, like... I suppose whole... Terminator armor would actually lend like, itself like, to that. Like, well, I actually like the idea of you starting in, like... You know, like, Inquisitors just tend to wear big coats. They look like like fancy commissars, basically. Mm-hmm. And just gradually building up that over the game, you, you get, like, full power armor. Mm. And so, like, not as inaccessible as FromSoft, but I like the idea of, like, you 
you're there to investigate heresy on like uh like in like a big hive yeah uh, district in necromunda type yeah yeah and sort of Mm. going through and you know gradually obviously chaos are going to turn up because that's what heresy is all about Mm -hmm. and then you get chaos space marines and you've got to upgrade your armor into power armor yeah Yeah. that sounds good fucking the burnout lads making a gorkamorka game oh yeah <laughs> do you ever play gorkamorka no it was an orc based racing tabletop wow. game yeah, they sort of say. brought it back and it's so it's called speed freaks now mm. also give monkey island to double fine let's get a good monkey island yeah game. come yeah, on yeah. lads let's have it going uh why don't you let us know what your dream combos basically I think that would be a it's very basically dream good. games you but best not pick dreams. a mix. Oh, duh, I shouldn't have said that because now yeah. everyone's gonna. That's gonna be nah, it. Pick a crisp. mix and pick a mix games. If you could combo two things together for a game, a studio and a license. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Or a person. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. But you go that's wild I, with it. It's not uh, gonna happen. <laughs> IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN dot com. That's the badger. Everyone writing. I want everyone who listens this week to write. <laughs> yeah, I want never have to have to ask for feedback again. Person. And I know how many of you listen. That would be it's more joyous. than I would think. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know, I'm talking to you. Do it. Uh, thank you for listening. That was a, a bumper episode. I had a lovely time. I've laughed my balls out. <laughs> <laughs> Are they going to explode? Nope. We, I've not slept much. I don't know about you. Nope. No. Slept badly because of all the wine. Oh yeah. Oh, well, 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 and whiskey and the sex. <laughs> it's a detail sound address. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.